spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Is Illinois a football school, Scott Ritchie? I'm not sure I'm ready to go that far just yet. But Illinois football is nationally relevant for the first time in, let's be honest, a very long time. Yeah, we'll see if the good vibes continue for Brett Bielma's program this Saturday when they host Michigan State here in Champaign. We'll break down the national once again and more in this week's episode of Inside the Line at Football. Come back after these messages. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Welcome back to another episode of Inside Illini Football. I'm sports editor Matt Daniels with the News Gazette. Pleased to be joined by beat writer Scott Ritchie on a sunny, spring-like, early November Wednesday afternoon because that's what weather is like in in East Central Illinois. You're never quite sure what to expect. Just wait an hour for it to change. (laughs) The winds are uh, a little breezy today, but that's kind of common around here, although it's supposed to be really, really windy on Saturday at Memorial Stadium. Advantage Brett Bielma. Exactly. Advantage Brett Bielma everything right now. I mean, life is great for Illinois football. Who would have thought when we did our preseason picks that I'd already be right with the seven wins that I predicted Illinois to have, although I predicted him to go seven to five. So Which technically is <laughs> technically still, still could happen. Oh boy, <laughs> would that be a disappointment? That would be too. Um, yeah, they got. Because uh, I obviously picked five wins. That, that happened what, like a month ago. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. Iowa, whatever. Yeah, that was the fifth one. It's Iowa. That was almost a month ago, Scotty. Yeah, well, sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. You're wearing your Hawkeye colors today here, and uh, no, I'm still Michigan. Okay, fair enough. Maize and blue. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we sit here in early November and I don't know. I mean, the only way Illinois football could be in a better position is if they had not lost at Indiana, obviously be it eight. No, this season, but still you're talking about a team that is ranked 14th in the country in the latest associated press top 25 poll and 16th in the initial college football playoff ranking that came out Tuesday night, uh, with the, the hour long show on, on ESPN, First time ever Illinois has been included in these top 25 rankings, which have been going on since the 2014 season. Um, Scott, I know you had the chance to, to chat a little bit with Boo Corrigan, the playoff committee director, who's also the AD at North Carolina State. And uh, you asked a question in the conference call with all the big media wigs of college football across the country about 
the Illini, I'm sure you had that on your preseason to-do list back <laughs> back in training camp in August. You know, you know who I didn't know? <laughs> Boo Corrigan. Like, you could have told me that name. I was like, who? Um, yeah, well, I was wondering for a, a, a little while if I was going to be able to ask a question because it was very much a media teleconference dominated by questions about Tennessee mm-hmm. at number one, um, Alabama, and I feel like some SEC media are like, just the way they asked the question was like Alabama was still too low. Like, come on. Um, they lost. A lot to, of they ma- lost to a Tim Banks defense. Yeah, should shouldn't even be ranked. <laughs> um, and then a lot of like Michigan and Ohio State questions. But I, uh, I crashed the party with one about the team. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm, I gotta look at this. Yeah, there might have been. Yeah, nobody even asked what. Like, other than Illinois at 16, like the only teams that like someone asked about that were outside of literally the top six were. Oregon and USC at eight and nine. Okay, so um, crashing the party, and the answer from Boo Corrigan you know, about how they evaluated Illinois in this first week's rankings um, was that I mean, good season, mm-hmm. competitive team, no real signature victory. Well, that, that's the interesting thing about Illinois right now, and in, in terms of the national landscape, is obviously they've caught a ton of people's attention by putting together a, a seven-one record, including four and one in the Big Ten, leading the Big Ten West as the calendar flips in November. It's still kind of hard to wrap your head around this fact if you've been following Illinois football for quite some time, like you and I have, Scotty. But the fact that they control their destiny to go to the Big Ten championship game uh, a little more than a month from now in in Indianapolis. But the fact that they just they don't have that one defining win like Tennessee does by beating Alabama, uh, like Georgia does to an extent by beating by manhandling Oregon in, in the season opener, and honestly, that's really no fault of Illinois' doing. You can only play you can only the play the schedule, schedule which they've created. Which, granted, they have control over the non-conference opponents. Wyoming's a bowl team. They've already got to six wins. You would have thought with Virginia kind of in a stable place under Bronco Mendenhall that the Cavaliers would be. Yeah, when that game was scheduled, mm-hmm. Virginia was just pretty solid every year. Well, I think that game got scheduled like in 2014 or 2013, but still. Whatever. Like uh, Bronco Mendenhall's surprise retirement <laughs> yeah, sort of threw a, a wrench in that. Uh, a Wisconsin team that is underachieved this year. I mean, Illinois got Paul Chris fired. Uh, an Iowa team that is kind of setting football regularly back trending <laughs> on Twitter, and for none of the good, the right reasons, setting football back a uh, a century or so with some of their tepid offensive performance. Minnesota has been fine, but they, you know, it's not like the Minnesota of twenty nineteen that started off undefeated through the first nine or ten games. So I mean, Nebraska's Nebraska's yeah, Mickey Joseph. I'm sorry, you're not going to be the next head coach at Nebraska. I don't know who the next coach at Nebraska is, but they're going to get paid a, a lot of money in a short amount of time to try to turn that uh, once proud program around. But yeah, the, and Michigan State too. You thought before the season started, okay, Michigan State comes to Champaign, they're probably going to be a top twenty-five team. Nope, <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, they're three and five, uh, tied for last in the Big Ten East, and involved in an ugly, ugly display. In a tunnel at Michigan Stadium, which again I've been there before, it's not that narrow. Like you can comfortably walk around it. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: 
after you know Penn State was throwing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and Michigan was throwing punches at Michigan State. Um, like, that tunnel has existed for like 94 years without <laughs> a great incident. I mean, maybe there's some you know, jabbering back and forth between teams after the game, but like, it's never reached the level of mm-hmm. alleged assault. Yes, exactly. Um, so, I don't know, maybe be grown-ups about it and take your loss and go home. Well, now, Michigan State suspended eight players for Saturday's game here in Champaign, uh, including a standout defensive yeah. end and Jacoby Weidman. Yeah, and I think two other defensive starters and, like, uh, one of their top, like, defensive backups. So, you know, not ideal. So the sound, you're, the sound you're hearing is Tommy DeVito clapping and fist bumping like he's at the club on the shore. Except he's probably going to just be handing the ball off to... You know, Chase Brown and maybe a couple other guys. Or he just the winds know, are going to be blowing through Memorial true. Stadium like fifty miles an hour. But what in the last two games for Illinois, Tommy DeVito, since he came back from the ankle injury against Iowa, he is. I'm doing this off the top of my head. He's forty-five for fifty-two. He has seven incompletions. That's in and like what will help him help the Illinois pass. That used game. to be like one drive for Brandon Peters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here, I mean the stats. I look. I wrote about it Tuesday. Like mm-hmm. Brandon Peters, Arsakowski combined completed fifty percent of their passes mm-hmm. last year. Tommy DeVito's completed seventy percent. Let's stay on DeVito for a second here. Uh, is it just the play calling of, of Barry Lenny Jr.? Uh, he's not asking him to test defenses down the field necessarily. Is it just the the Illinois receivers who were such a big question mark going into the year have just dramatically improved? They're thrown to the tight end a little bit. Tip Ryman caught a couple balls. Chase Brown caught a touchdown pass. Luke Ford had a touchdown and then mm-hmm. was called back. Um, I think it's more of just the offense because okay. it's predicated on short and intermediate routes. And that's one thing. But, like, Tommy DeVito still has to make those throws. And mm-hmm. he is. Like, he's he doesn't make bad decisions. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't force the issue in the passing game. Like, Again, Arskowski, great guy, like, tries to do too much. Mm-hmm. Puts the ball in danger. Mm-hmm. Tommy DeVito doesn't do that. So mm-hmm. that's how you complete 70% of your passes. And Did you see this type of season that DeVito's having, though, when he transferred here this offseason? I mean, I just didn't know what to think of the offense in general because, like, mm-hmm. Brett Bielma fires his offensive coordinator after year one. Mm-hmm. I was like, probably should have, but it's like, that doesn't exactly you know give a ringing endorsement for like what's going on mm-hmm. with the football team as a whole um that you'd make that big of a change so quickly um but i mean what Barry Lenny did at UTSA was was good i mean well, part of that's it was Jeff Trailer though their coach is an offensive guy so mm-hmm. it was involved that way but time you had like one i think you could point to one really good season at Syracuse um, I think what's probably helped him the most is like he's not been flat on his back. Mm-hmm. However, like got sacked like eighty six times mm-hmm. in his career at Syracuse. It's only taken like I don't know four or five. We'll, in Illinois. We'll get to Chase Brown here in, in a second too. But another question for you, Scotty: What s- surprises you more, the play of the Illinois offensive line or the play of the Illinois defensive line? 
and by play I mean the superior play of of both units, which has basically helped form this identity of what Illinois football is in 2022. Probably the offensive line, because you look at the defensive line. You know there was that potential for guys like Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph, and Calvin Avery. I mean, he always had the potential, just hadn't lived mm-hmm. up to it really until you know this season. Even the offensive line, they were replacing Doug Kramer, replacing Darian Lowe, um, replacing Jack Bedovinak. I mean, mm-hmm. he was just only obviously there for one season, the season, but as three starters, and in this place was two JUCOs and you know, Alex Pilstrom, who arrived in Champaign as a walk-on tight end. And at this point, has played every position on the offensive line, but playing for the first time at center, and that's you know fairly important position. Um, I think there's some real questions there, and turns out shouldn't have been because those that group has been you know pretty good, and Isaiah Adams is playing at a, a really incredibly high level. Um, you know, last year, you know. Doug Kramer led the offensive line in knockdowns. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that Bart Miller tracks. And Isaiah Adams, this was before the Nebraska game, was on pace to like double the number of knockdowns mm-hmm. that Doug Kramer had a year ago. It's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Pretty good too is uh, what Chase Brown is doing this fall for the Illini, up to 1,208 rushing yards. This season, still the nation's leading rusher uh, going into November. Uh, added two total touchdowns last Saturday at Nebraska. Uh, caught a touchdown pass from Tommy DeVito. I believe that's his third touchdown reception this season. Correct. And then added uh, a rushing touchdown, which now is what, fifth rushing touchdown? Yes. Okay. Still needs to up that ante so a, a bit I mean, more. I can do that math, <laughs> and it's only eight, and it's not really enough. Like I think, uh, I mean, Heisman Trophy, like they put the website together, what have you, are pushing, mm-hmm. you know, that. Still, he needs to have a Mikel Lashore, two thousand ten, one way run against Northwestern at Wrigley Field type of game. Yeah, plus like a little Howard. Griffith mixed like, in there, yeah. Look, maybe not. Let's go like three hundred yards, five touchdowns against Michigan. Yeah, like maybe State. not like eight touchdowns. Yeah, there you go. Got to got up that number. Maybe I mean, maybe he throws one too. He has attempted to pass this season. Zero for one though. Yeah, Barry Lenny needs to stop calling that play <laughs> or any variation of the sort. It just has not worked. Um, yeah, the Heisman Trophy is a long shot, and it's turned into a bit of a quarterback mm-hmm. award anyway. And and on that front. It's an unfortunate year for anyone that's not a quarterback named C.J. Stroud or Hendon Hooker. Mm-hmm. Like those two are, I think, the clear, clear leaders. Um, but Chase Brown still obviously really, you know, top contender for the Doak Walker Award, and it just was named a semifinals for the Maxwell mm-hmm. Award as well. Again, probably going to end up going to one of the quarterbacks, but maybe not. Um, and DeVito's in the running for the Davy O'Brien Award. One yeah, of forty quarterbacks. One of announced. forty, and like they'll cut to twelve, like in a couple of weeks, I think. Giant okay. um, Newton, Devin Witherspoon, semifinals for the Veneric Award, mm-hmm. for the top defensive player. Um, On top of Witherspoon being a semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award as yeah. well, top defensive back. Yeah, so Illinois is being recognized. They are. What the heck's going on in Champaign, Illinois? Is what Kirk Herbstreit said. Tuesday night. It's a fair question. 
It's a football school now, Scotty. Well, people. I'm people, not willing. Usually to, around this, I'm time, not willing to hand Mike Small's <coughs> crown to anybody else right now. <laughs> Usually um, around this time of year, we are what less than a week away from Illinois men's basketball tipping off. We we had Brad Underwood on Monday night at the Esquire for Monday Night Sports Talk. We've got a uh, special section coming out Saturday uh, on the Illinois men's basketball upcoming season. At this time of year, Scotty, in years past, the focus has solely been on, okay, who's in Brad Underwood's starting lineup? Who's the first off the bench? How's his rotation going to be? Um, yeah, there's some interest. I mean, heck, they had the announced crowd Friday night was over 15,000 at State Farm Center, although I'm told from uh, our writers that were Joe Vizelli and Joey Wright, it wasn't close to a sellout. There were a few thousand empty seats they could see scattered throughout State Farm Center, but still impressive crowd for an exhibition, yeah, exhibition game, game against a Division II uh, opponent in Quincy. Um, but folks are folks are all in on this Illinois football team, and I think it helps, too, that they've got two back-to-back home games coming up here to start November. It's like the fans were just waiting for the team to win football games. Is the is Illinois still a sleeping giant in football, or has the giant been unearthed um, this fall? The giant's not like in a deep sleep <laughs> anymore, but I, I don't. He's not all the way awake. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, like, Illinois was 16 in the CFP mm-hmm. rankings. Like that's not really in. You know, you're going to make the cut contention, even if it was a 12 team playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that could change. And this was just the first week. They'll wipe the slate clean mm-hmm. next Monday and do it all over again. And I think Illinois fans are mostly like understood the reasoning. There are a few that hit me with, uh, you know, what about Penn State? Because uh, Penn State was 15, and like, who have they beaten? It's like, well, Purdue's a better win than anything Illinois has mm-hmm. right now. And Auburn, at Auburn, despite their disaster, is like as good as Wisconsin or Iowa or or Nebraska. All right, my my uh, public service announcement to any Illinois fans out there that are unhappy about where Illinois is, is ranked in the college football playoff is just to re- repeat the fact that Illinois football is ranked in the college football playoff ranking. It doesn't matter if they're 25th, 16th, whatever. They're ranked in the college football playoff ranking. That has never happened before. Enjoy it. Yeah, well, I mean, there's some people who just like to see the world burn. <laughs> Only happy when they're unhappy. Um, but for the most part, I think people understood. It was like, yeah, I mean, I've always had a good season, but like the teams they have played mm-hmm. have really contributed. To it, it would be different, like we said mentioned earlier, if, if Iowa was at six and two instead of four and four if wisconsin was at six and two instead of four and four if michigan state was heck even five and three instead of three and five um it'll help it'll help illinois case if they beat michigan state this saturday and if purdue beats iowa uh this saturday as well this for the boilermakers to come into champaign next week at six and three uh four and two in the big ten with that's yeah kind of the de facto big ten west it was illinois almost hoping that iowa wins (coughs) against purdue yeah, if you're an Illinois fan, sure. I think. Well, so, what do you what do you want more, Illinois fans? <laughs> a Big Ten West title, or you know, to like get into like the top twelve of the college football playoff ranking, and then it doesn't matter because you're not going to make it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it, it, again. November. It, I think it's just 
it's mind-boggling that as we sit here in early November after so many years and so many decades of futility for Illinois football that they're in the position that they're in. They've already guaranteed themselves the program's first winning season since 2011. Uh, first time they've won seven games in the regular season since 2007 because 2010 and 2011 they each got winning seasons, but that seventh win came in the bowl game. Um just savor it. And no. <laughs> just the first sign of competency. It's like, it's not enough. <clears throat> my, 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 uh, I would prefer for Purdue to beat Iowa this week just from a dramatic standpoint coming into next Saturday. You've got a Purdue team that's 6-3. and three. That's 4-2 and two in the Big Ten. If Illinois beats Michigan State, they're 8-1, and 5-1 and one in the Big Ten West. Um or five one in the Big Ten, sorry. I, I that to me just has much more of a build up than say Purdue comes in at, at five and four. And again, I think we're both gonna predict an Illinois win later on this podcast. I've already got the score mapped out. It'll be in Thursday's news gazette. But um yeah, it's again, still kind of hard to wrap your head around and I know I sound like a broken record right now, but Illinois football's good. Just get on board with it. Yeah, how about that? But, you know, to borrow a line from Brett Bilma and his assistants and all the players, you know, really the focus is just on Michigan State. What's, uh, how was the trip to Nebraska, first off? A lot of time long. in the car. It was long. Okay. It's, Nebraska's not close to Champaign. <laughs> um, Ed Bond was back here Saturday night. Yeah, before like before ten o'clock. <laughs> yeah, he was, I, I'm, I'm, he was I'm here well aware. He was here before we put the paper to bed on Saturday night. We're putting the finishing touches on it, and you know, crossing our T's, dotting our eyes, making sure everything's okay. And Ed walks in, and I think Scott had just finished up at the press box at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska. I, I had finished a little before that, but uh, yeah, well aware how long <laughs> it took to get back to Champaign. Western Iowa, though, what do you, what do you, what are your takes on Western Iowa? I, I feel, have no takes. I feel it's an underrated part of the country. Kind of hilly. If if hills are what you're looking for, then I guess. But like, like no disrespect to Iowa, but just wiped off the map. So you're not a fan of Interstate 80? I saw all of it <laughs> <laughs> twice. Uh, do you eat some good food in Nebraska? Yeah, yeah, sure. But do you have Runza? Did not. I mean, just didn't have the opportunity. <sighs> you gotta have some Runza. Yeah, missed out. It's underrated. I, I'm, it's I'm, a bad rap. I, when I go back for basketball, okay, I'll get the opportunity. Okay. Overall, solid experience. It was your first time at Memorial Stadium West. Yeah, it's an impressive building. Lots of seating in the end zones. Yeah, and nice fans. And, like, they still show up. Mm-hmm. Dumpster fire team, they're there. Like, they started leaving mm-hmm. yeah. in the fourth quarter, but couldn't blame them for that. So, I mean, I can understand how, you know, Trev Alberts is like, yeah, no worries, I can pay off $15 million to Scott Frost. <laughs> <laughs> People still show up, give us money. That's what they do. Um, it's probably good because he's going to have to fire another coach here shortly. Yeah. He's going to have to hire a new one for sure. Yeah, there's a Fred Hoiberg buyout looming in the oh yeah that the is, near future. That is true as well. Um, I'm glad your trip went well. You don't have to make another trip for anytime soon, though, Scotty. Not for a couple of weeks. You got to go to Vegas. For Not basketball. driving to Vegas. Do you wish you would be going to Ann Arbor instead that weekend? Now, no. <laughs> <laughs> what Ann Arbor and 
a week before Thanksgiving, Vegas a week before Thanksgiving. It's like one is like so much better than the other. Yeah, but you're gonna, you're looking at a ten and zero Michigan team against a nine and one Illinois team. Yeah, and all. Be, it's destined to be a big noon uh, or big eleven a.m. kickoff locally on Fox. Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, most likely. A big nine a.m. kickoff in Vegas. I, I'll watch the game after covering Illinois UCLA. It tips at the early eight thirty p.m. Central Time. Thrilled maybe about that. M- more likely probably I'm gonna say like eight fifty seven. Isn't that always like the time for like the Sweet Sixteen game? I don't know. They turn yeah. out? I mean, it'll be earlier in the day for me. Yeah. As I operate in two time zones simultaneously, <laughs> it's always fun. Um, yeah, no, I'm. You know, our football contingent can head to Ann Arbor and enjoy okay. Michigan Stadium. Uh, I don't mind going to Vegas. Well, so you got to get ready for your trip to Indy in early December. Then, Big Ten title game. Yeah, I mean that's had to start contemplating that happening. So. Yeah, and football in January. Like, I'm, this crossover is going to last a lot longer than it normally does. Uh, going back to to Saturday briefly, and we've talked about this too, both on the podcast and in the office. On uh, you know, whenever we appear on Sports Talk on on DWS at all, uh, Illinois has got this form, the script down of how to win football games this season. It's get an early lead. Make some plays on defense. Then let the defense take over and the offense will kind of slowly chip away at the other team. And But again, though, Nebraska kind of, you know, hit Illinois back a little bit there on Saturday. And Illinois, to their credit, responded. Yeah, early. Mm-hmm. And then Casey Thompson got hurt and it was all over. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out Nebraska's backup quarterbacks are not good. Okay. Um not that Casey Thompson was lighting the world on fire mm-hmm. either. A little loose with the ball. Um, no, it's it's Bielma ball. Mm-hmm. Get a lead, sit on it. Mm-hmm. And it's worked seven times. And the one time it didn't, it was, it was a close game against Indiana and weren't in. Still had the lead late and just weren't able to, to hold on, you know, against a, I don't know, it was Potent at the time, Indiana offense. Maybe for that one drive, they haven't really been quite as good since. But it's not broken, so I don't imagine Brett Bielma will do much, much tinkering with yeah, anything really about his team. All right, your favorite part of the podcast, Scotty. Let's find out about the opponent and how much you know about Illinois, Michigan State, the history of history. zero, which. Our great contributor, Mike Pearson, uh, author of Illini Legends, Listen Lore, had a great breakdown in Sunday's paper, which I hope you read, Scotty, after you got back from Lincoln. Who leads the all-time series between Illinois and Michigan State? Illinois. Wrong. Michigan State, 26-19-2. When was the first game between Illinois and Michigan State? 1897. 1955. <laughs> <laughs> it makes some sense. <laughs> Michigan State didn't join the Big Ten until then. So, yeah, it yeah, makes total make sense. sense. I just had that thought right right. after I said the late 1800s. What is Brett Bielema's all-time record against Michigan State? How many games has he played against them? Well, he coached seven seasons at Wisconsin. This is his first time at Illinois coaching against Michigan State. So seven. That's what you're trying to tell me? Yes. 
Six and one. Three and four. Wow. I hope you heard that, Brad. I'll give you a lot more credit. <laughs> uh, who's won the last two Illinois-Michigan State games? Well, let's see. They didn't play last year. I don't remember if they played in 2020. Let's just wipe that year off. Just <laughs> erase it. <laughs> Not just for football <laughs> yeah. either. Uh, obviously won in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were there. Was. I watched that game from next to the, my pool at my hotel in Tucson. <laughs> Covering Illinois men's basketball. You just weren't in Tucson, Arizona for no reason. Nice trip. Um, Bad Illinois game in Arizona. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Not a great one against Grand Canyon the night before either. Um, has Illinois won both? Yeah, they won the last two. Going for the three-game win streak on Saturday. 2016, they beat Michigan State 31-27 in Champaign. Say, I what, was, say what you will about Lovey I was S- there for that game. I recall exactly nothing about say it. Say what you will about Lovey Smith's time at Illinois. He sure knew how to beat the Spartans. Went 2-0 and against Michigan State. Just didn't beat anybody else very often. Fair enough. Um, Illinois is going for its first three-game win streak against Michigan State since the mid-1980s. They won six in a row from 1980 to 85. Well, that's when... Mike White's first six seasons. Yeah, that's when it was... Illinois football was the thing. Dominated Sparty. All right, there you go. That's the end of... Uh, I did about as well as I usually do. All right, before we wrap it up, what, uh, what are you predicting for Saturday's game, Scotty? So I was pretty close last week. What you have? Uh, 24-14. Yeah. It was 26-9. Yeah. Relatively. Um, pretty similar, I think. Okay. That's just that's what it's been all year long for the most part. Uh, let's go like 27. Ooh. Get okay. another. Are we going like three touchdowns, two field goals? Are we going four touchdowns, one miss extra point? Nine field goals. Nine field <laughs> goals, just like you had in last Saturday's paper, eight Caleb Griffin field goals. Yeah. Would you kick two? Kick three if we want to. Fair enough. They only counted two, though. Yeah. Just like Illinois men's basketball is not 1-0 and going into sure. next Monday night. They, Neither they, am I on my picture. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's go 27, uh, nine Caleb Griffin field goals. <laughs> uh, to 10. I don't 27-10, know. wow. Yeah. Right. A route. Michigan State might stink. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just let's just be real. They just don't get in a tunnel with them. No. Well, that's it's not an issue. It's not an issue at Memorial Stadium Memorial here. Stadium. Illinois goes in one tunnel. Visitors go in another tunnel. There is no crossing of paths in a tunnel. Yeah. I just wonder if like the powers that be at Michigan State, like how they feel about dousing ninety five million dollars in gasoline and lighting it on fire. Yeah, I think that's gonna uh, have a lot of colleges more. Hesitant to. Oh, because like Texas A and M is already like like they can't fire Jimbo Fisher, but they really want to. Mm-hmm. And I think Michigan State is trending in that same direction. Fair point. I've got Illinois winning fourteen three. <laughs> Saturday. Get excited, folks! <laughs> hey, Illinois moves to eight and one, five and one in the Big Ten. Setting up that showdown with Purdue before the showdown the following week in Ann Arbor against Michigan. 14. It's Bielema ball. It's winning football. If Brett Bielema wins on Saturday, he's guaranteed to become the first Illinois coach since John Makovic uh, to have a winning record after his first two seasons at Illinois. That's ponder both, ponder that. Both impressive for Brett and really says something about Illinois football over the last yeah. hmm, four decades. Our lifetime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
All right, Scott, thanks for all you do. You don't have to drive 16 hours this week. You just have to drive, what, 10, 10 minutes or so? Uh, traffic might be a little crazy. Yeah, here. possible sellout. Possible sellout coming Saturday. So, uh, Still, so we'll my, my six-minute trip might be 10. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you'll survive, Scotty. All right, thanks for all you do, Scotty. Thanks to Ed Bond for making it sound good. Thanks to all the listeners out there. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, enjoy the game on Saturday. We'll be back next week for another.